The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, we are going to be continuing our series of fantasy football team previews. In this episode of the show, we are going to be previewing the Chicago Bears. But before we get into the preview, of course, I need to remind you to subscribe to RotoExperts.com, the best value in the fantasy football industry. We have detailed projections, rankings customizable cheat sheets, premium content, and everything that you need in order to win your fantasy football league. You can get 10% off of our NFL 365 package using the promo code MATTEK, M-A-T-T-E-K, or you can use the NFL 365 package in conjunction with DailyRoto.com to get a discount on our all-pro bundle where you get a discount on both the Daily Roto NFL product and the NFL 365 product. So you would get the best projections and rankings in the industry for both seasonal and daily fantasy football. It really does not get much better than that. So now let's go ahead and get into the Chicago Bears starting at the quarterback position. We have Mitch Trubisky, who in our projections comes in right about quarterback 11 in between uh, some other stalwarts at the position. However, I do think it is pretty worth noting that a lot of what Mitch Trubisky's value is based on was his 421 rushing yards last year and his three rushing touchdowns, and I'm not 100% convinced that those traits are repeatable simply because uh, he did not have a ton of games with a ton of rushing attempts. So basically in the latter half of the year, after week nine, he did not have any games with more than three rushing attempts, and he had single digit or uh, under 20 rushing yards, and a lot of those games did score a rushing touchdown in week nine, but it was sort of like a one-yard plunge. However, uh, you know, what produced some of his great games were the games against New England, 81 rushing yards and a touchdown, his game against Tampa Bay, 53 rushing yards, his game against New York, 51 rushing yards. So without those rushing yards, uh, he becomes like a mid-tier quarterback too. Like I don't think that there was a t- uh, there. There's not a ton that would make Mitch Trubisky any different than Andy Dalton if he did not have those rushing yards. So I'm actually not really targeting Trubisky at all when it comes to like late round quarterbacks. I I am of course stacking him a little bit with Taylor Gabriel, with Allen Robinson, and uh, with Trey Burton. But I'm not making a concerted effort to do those things. In terms of like late round running quarterbacks, I like Lamar Jackson better. I like Josh Allen better. And I like Dak Prescott better. And maybe even given what they cost, I might even like Marcus Mariota better. But I just, we don't have a big projection for Mitchell Trubisky's rushing attempts or for Mitchell Trubisky's rushing yards because he really is more of like a, he's more of a scrambler, right? Than in terms of a designed runner. And I don't necessarily think that his 20 
20, I don't think his 2018 rushing is super repeatable because if you go back and look at his 2017 logs, he just was not as active as a rusher. Had only two games with more than five rushing attempts, had rushing touchdowns in only two games, and had more than 30 rushing yards in only four games. So I just, you know, overall, I'm just not as convinced that Trubisky is going to be a rusher as opposed to a scrambler. And I guess a similar argument could probably be made for Josh Allen, but I think Josh Allen is a little bit more athletic. And I think I actually think that Trubisky is a more skilled passer than Josh Allen. So I actually think the Bears offense will be able to stay like on schedule or on pace, even if Trubisky does not advance much as as a runner, because I think he's fine as a passer. Is he a Super Bowl winning passer? Probably not. I mean, I guess theoretically he could be. This offense has like a lot of good playmakers, but I don't. I don't ever really see Trubisky taking that level. I think. I think for a long time in fantasy football, he's going to be like a really high end quarterback too. Uh, he'll he'll sort of settle into like that starter Nick Foles. Kirk Cousins, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo kind of range. We're like, yeah, you're you're fine to have him. I don't ever know if Mitch Trubisky will be like a, a league winning sort of guy, unless Matt Nagy just takes the training wheels off entirely and says, look, if you want to scramble, if you if the pocket breaks down and you want to take eight yards, you take eight yards. If if that's the way that they lead things, then sure, that's that's probably fine. The backup quarterbacks on the roster, no one here who's really developmental at all. Chase Daniel is who he is. He needs to be the backup for Matt Nagy because he knows the system. He was there with Matt Nagy in Kansas City. He understands all of the play calls and uh, is going to be a good soldier. Tyler Bray has also been uh, a backup quarterback for Nagy in the past. He's just there because he knows the system. No, No future with the organization. Going to the running back position, this is actually pretty fairly contentious, right? Because Tarek Cohen goes in the fifth round round most of the time in like uh, draft best balls or in high stakes leagues. David Montgomery goes anywhere between the fourth and the seventh round kind of based on the format based on points per reception and then Mike Davis early in the summer before David Montgomery was drafted in some of these draft best balls he was like a fifth sixth round pick now he's someone that you can get um, basically for free so I guess starting off the top David Montgomery not really a guy that I have drafted at all Uh, he was a pretty decent prospect but he's not like great he wasn't a first round draft pick the way someone like Josh Jacobs was and I don't think and the team did trade up a little bit to get him but I, I think I probably view Montgomery's value similar to how I value Daryl Henderson, but Daryl Henderson is in a slightly better offense and definitely has more pass catching upside and and probably has more like big play upside. Like Daryl Henderson, I think would be better in like a 10 touches per game role. Whereas I think if David Montgomery got 10 touches per game, that would be like Jordan Howard getting 10 touches per game, which is like fine, but not someone that you would want to take in in the fifth round. I guess the big issue for Montgomery is I'm not sure where his pass catching upside would come from. Because if he's not catching passes, uh, I mean, Jordan Howard, I think, probably finished like running back 18 or something last year. But were you were you really excited about using Jordan Howard? He had 250 carries, 935 rushing yards, nine rushing touchdowns, and 26 targets, zero receiving touchdowns. 
if you got if you got that probably in like a best ball league you would probably be cool with that like in a draft format for the the price you're paying right now the issue is that I think they signed Mike Davis for a reason they gave him some guaranteed money he had 42 targets and 112 rushing attempts for Seattle last year uh, the carries I don't really expect to be repeatable I think I I think we would probably project him for significantly less carries for that I'll actually look at that right now while I'm doing this we have Mike Davis projected for yeah just like a pretty negligible amount of carries but we do have him projected for a decent chunk of the receiving pie out of the backfield for Chicago and I, I I'm pretty certain that that is right I think that he's going to be on the field kind of in a a split of the Jordan Howard role and then Cohen I think his rush attempts are going to go way down right like 99 rushing attempts 444 rushing yards that probably seems a little high given that they drafted a running back and they signed Mike Davis but his target should stay the same I could actually see his targets even going a little bit higher he had 91 last year Taylor Gabriel had 93 I could see Gabriel sliding down to something like 75 and Cohen going up to something like 105 maybe that that's uh, but I guess at the same time Anthony Miller probably will deserve a few more targets but overall this is just a backfield I'm avoiding uh, I don't like taking Tarek Cohen where he goes because he he just doesn't have like bell cow upside and I'm probably not spending a premium pick on a running back that doesn't have 300 touch upside I guess I would take James White there over him and that's probably why I don't end up with Cohen but I think White's target upside seems better even if the explosive plays are not so much there and Montgomery just never feels like a good pick to me I, I guess I probably take him sometimes when he goes in like the seventh round or something because he's a value at that point like if you're looking at David Montgomery or Rashad Penny or David Montgomery and Ronald Jones or David Montgomery and you know just whatever other running back is around in that range uh he's probably like you know he's going to be on the field at least the team uh didn't even have that many draft picks this year and spent one of them on a running back so you're pretty sure he's going to be on the field um and the Mike Davis, he's like a he's a dart throw, not a dart throw that I particularly like because I do think this offense also probably is going to take a little bit of a step back this year in terms of like yards per play. Uh, Nagy's stuff is out there. I don't think Trubisky is like the best quarterback in the world, and they do play in a pretty tough division. Uh, and then these other guys on the roster, Taquan Mazel, he's like a lifelong practice squad type guy. I don't think he'll ever be like a significant dynasty asset. Kareth White was actually the backup to. De- Devin Singletary at Florida Atlantic University. He's also a kick returner, maybe like a 40-man dynasty team or something like that, but not super interested. And then Ryan Nall, preseason NFL DFS hero. He's like a combo fullback, halfback, eight like tight end move guy he's like a sort of interesting player but we're probably not going to see any of him uh with the with the big team in 2019 although I would be sort of interested to see if they would install him as like the goal line back or something just to make this situation even more of a headache so moving now to the wide receiver position there's really three guys here that are worth mentioning for fantasy Allen Robinson Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller Unlike the running back situation, I do actually sort of feel like all three of these guys are underpriced. Allen Robinson had 94 targets last year, but posted a pretty low catch rate of only 58%. So that's like, uh, that's below his career norm. Uh, Well, I guess that's below the norm for what you'd expect for a wide receiver one in like a good creative offense. Uh, I I misspoke about that being different from his career norm because he did play with Blake Bortles. So that, uh, that definitely has 
has some impact there. Only four receiving touchdowns for Allen Robinson last year, uh, outscored in the receiving game by Tarek Cohen, by Trey Burton, and by Anthony Miller. We would probably expect that to regress a little bit, especially because Miller saw only 2.2 receptions per game. Robinson almost doubled him up 4.2 receptions per game and uh, did double him up in yards per game. So would would pretty much expect Allen Robinson to be closer to something like eight receiving touchdowns, and that would obviously swing his value um, a, a decent chunk. We have him projected for 102 targets and uh, six receiving touchdowns. He's probably a, a fair value where he's going. Not a guy that I get excited to draft. Uh, that's actually like the range where I start to think about drafting a quarterback or if Hunter Henry's there, I'll take him in some of these draft best balls just because I, I don't want to take Robinson on all my teams and he's he's the last sort of desirable wide receiver because like after him, then it goes like Jarvis Landry, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, like a lot of guys who are fine values, but who probably are not going to win you your league. Uh, Taylor Gabriel is a huge value for us though, because if you just get, do the work of projecting this offense, there, I don't really think there's any way that you're going to project him for like nothing. And we have him as a massive value in all of these best ball formats in all of these leagues. And we don't even have him with that many targets. We actually scaled back his market share of targets, like a huge chunk compared to what he was getting last year. We have him only for 68 targets, but just due to the nature of this offense and due to the role that Gabriel has in this offense, he, he's just a, a massive value. And he's a guy I take in the 18th round of a lot of these leagues. Uh, I try and get him in pretty much all of the deep formats just because I do think he he's going to have a role all year long, even if Anthony Miller plays more than him. And he, he's just worth having on pretty much all of your rosters. And then Anthony Miller, we have him and Gabriel projected for a really similar workload. We just have Miller for more touchdowns. He's probably a pretty good breakout candidate. Uh, he could easily double up his targets. I could see him having, you know, like a, a sort of crazy eight touchdown, 108 target, uh, 980 yard season, just because he is kind of that sort of player. And I guess the good thing about the Bears offense is it is really, uh, it is really concentric, right? Like it's really condensed. They had three players with over 90 targets, four players with over 70 targets, and only five players with 50 or more targets. And I think that'll be pretty similar to how it works in 2019. The only, the only difference is going to be that they will have Corderell Patterson, who probably is going to get a lot of those gadget plays that Taylor Gabriel was running because he's just better at them. But I don't think Marvin Hall, Emmanuel Hall, Javon Wims, Riley Ridley, these guys are not going to play. Like Riley Ridley is just not good enough. He's not going to really play this year. Emmanuel Hall... I don't even know if he makes the team. If he did, he would be sort of interesting from like a dynasty perspective. But obviously, Riley really is not long for this world. Isn't going to get. Uh, he's not going to get a ton of targets. And then the tight end situation, Trey Burton. Uh, at this point, what else? What else can we say? He was really barely involved in the offense last year, but did score six touchdowns, and uh, that made him pretty fantasy viable. I think he has an interesting role on a team that does not have a lot of uh, a lot of obvious red zone out like it's like Allen Robinson is a decent red zone receiver but I don't think that they necessarily have to use him our projections are not very favorable on Burton because we are projecting kind of like small breakouts for Anthony Miller and then 
a big thing that exists. I guess the biggest difference I see from their team year over year in the passing game is the reemergence of Adam Shaheen. He was active for only four games or only six games last year, but was actually probably going to be a pretty big part of their offense before he suffered uh, a super serious injury before the start of the 2019 season. Kind of, kind of think that Shaheen is like the classic kind of move tight end that makes sense for this offense. Uh, you know, if, if you know anything about Nagy, you know he loves the two tight end stuff. You know he loves pre-stat motion. Shaheen does sort of fit that, and it would actually allow Burton to play like more of a free role. And Shaheen could be the inline tight end, and they could run a lot of uh, tw- like twenty-two personnel, uh, two tight end, two wide receivers, which uh, is definitely just like a, an enjoyable formation for creative offensive minds to run. Overall, I do think that we should probably not expect you know the crazy five point four yards per play. Uh, you know a lot of a lot of that stuff from the Bears. I think they're they're going to take a, a small step back because they definitely scored more points than they gained yards. They scored the ninth most points in the NFL, but gained only the twenty first most yards. So some some regression I think probably coming in from Chicago. I think the guys who are are great targets here are the cheap guys. Taylor Gabriel is cheap. Um, Anthony Miller relatively cheap. Adam Shaheen cheap and and really in the dynasty format and those are those are kind of the ways that I am treating the Chicago offense. Make sure to get more information and uh, to check the projections and rankings referenced here that you check out rotoexperts.com and our NFL 365 package. You can also use that NFL 365 package to get a discount on daily rotos, uh, projections, optimizers and premium content and uh, we will see you back tomorrow for another series in our team preview.